Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Marie Manuchere. We are live here in Seattle. It is actually a gorgeous day out there. I, I know I always start with the weather, so wherever you are in the world listening to the show, and thank you so much for listening, kind of check out, you know, check outside, look outside, see what your weather is, because it'll help ground you, put you in the present moment, allow you to be with yourself while we engage in the whole process of becoming more alive. Um, so today, of course, uh, as always, we're talking about energy medicine, but we have an author in the house. We have Holly Eckhart, who is the author of Graduating from Guilt, Six Steps to Overcoming Guilt and Reclaiming Your Life. So hi, Holly. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Yeah, and you look so great. I love your sweater. It's just bright colors, you know, orange and yellow, kind of jumping into the room. It's wonderful. So um, in 1999, um, Holly first felt the power of nonviolent communication as a way to increase the effectiveness and enjoyment of her parenting. Within an hour of beginning to read Marshall Rosenberg's Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life, she was clear that sharing nonviolent communication would be her primary gift to the world. By 2001, Holly was teaching these skills to other parents as director of Northwest Attachment Parenting. However, her passion for MVC extended far beyond its usefulness in parenting. She knew that MVC transforms all types of relationships and over the next few years crafted a sequence of nonviolent communication courses into her Radiant Relationship Seminar Series. Now available both as as live seminars and online self-study classes, Holly has a keen interest in the spiritual realm, having studied energy medicine and shamanism, various teachings from these fields, and their way into the courses as well. And, and of course, we want to invite people to call in a little later into the show as well. If you want to call in, we have uh, our numbers open at 425-373-5527. Yeah, Eric was helping me. I had to change my headphones. <laughs> We're a little bit quiet in there. <laughs> so we're doing here. sign language in the in the studio. So Holly, welcome. It's so lovely to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. It, it is great to be here. And I love the book. Um, you've got this gorgeous lady flying across the grass, you know, releasing guilt. Exactly. She's liberated. Yeah, <laughs> she is liberated. And so is that how you felt when you first started to read nonviolent communication? I didn't feel liberated exactly at the first moment, but what I did was I saw a path to liberation. Oh, really? That up until then, I felt a lot of fear in my life and fearing other people's judgments and just fearing what was going to happen. And I saw nonviolent communication as a way to let go of all those fears. Mm-hmm. To let go of all those fears. And then you you know, became a practitioner mm-hmm. and certified in the program. Mm-hmm. And then you started your own program, mm-hmm. which has a, a completely different name than nonviolent communication. Yes, I do teach the Radiant Relationship yeah, Seminar Series. Right. And, and you're located here in Seattle. Here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so you teach classes and see people privately as well. Exactly. 
Lovely. And then you had this idea for a book. You, you can't, <laughs> because I've known you for a while. Since 2003. 2000, it seems longer than that. Yeah. It, it really does, yeah. you know, so that does seven years, but it seems much longer than that. And um, and you kept telling me that you saw this pamphlet in your book. Yes. <laughs> or in your mind, I you, should say. I, I'm going to write a pamphlet or something, <laughs> I, I think I told you. Right, right. And then things changed rather quickly. Your business got very big right away. You've been successful in your work. People love what you do for them and their families and all the relationships to be able to be at peace with that. Mm-hmm. And as you said before we even came on the air, even those people who have died, you can get peace <laughs> within those relationships. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so it's lovely. And um, clients and students come back to me and they say, I was really glad I took the course and my wife was really glad too <laughs> or my coworker was really glad too and I just uh, am, I'm so happy to hear those comments as well. Uh, so what's the the process with nonviolent communications? That's since that's where your love started, mm-hmm. what is the whole, you know, theory or principle behind it? Um, what I see as the fundamental principle is that all actions are motivated by needs. Mm. And that there's a set of qualities such as love and acceptance and respect and creativity. And everybody wants those qualities in their life. Mm-hmm, they do. And when we look at other people, sometimes we get upset about what they're doing and we put our judgments on them. Oh, she's too lazy. Oh, she's too loud or he's um, too aggressive or whatever. But if we can look at them instead of um, like what's going on with their needs, we'll have a whole different um, relationship to what they're doing. And if we look at how what they're doing affects us in terms of what our needs are, mm-hmm. we, again, will be in a place of compassion rather mm-hmm. than a place of judgment. Mm-hmm. And from that place of compassion, the whole world just opens up. Completely changes. It completely changes. Right. So in a way, you're helping individuals and yourself to release um, defense mechanisms. You exactly. Know, these patterns that we pick up since childhood out of fear that help help us we think or at least temporarily create temporarily some relief help us. yes uh-huh <laughs> but don't create relief in the long run yes right right yeah. they keep us trapped and they make our world small mm-hmm. so what made you focus on the on the topic of guilt you know because obviously when we look at nonviolent communication it could mm-hmm. be on any topic mm-hmm. right so what what inspired you to uh, use the word guilt yeah. So um, there are quite a few books on nonviolent communication yeah. already, and there are books on parenting and uh, books for teachers. Um, and Marsha Rosenberg, who founded Nonviolent Communication, talks a little bit about guilt, but he didn't really have um, a step-by-step process. And so I think one of my gifts is for creating curriculum and creating processes. So from uh, his basic ideas about how to work with guilt, I made this six-step process. Yeah. And um, to me, it was just really clear. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching a class on it. And a lot of people came and and started releasing their guilt. And I saw how, just how effective it was. And when I first started teaching the class, I've got to tell you, I used to um, get fearful that, um, <laughs> okay, so XYZ person is going to come in and they're not going to graduate from their guilt. But time and time again, <laughs> I was amazed how everyone in the class who went through the process graduated from their guilt. So then I thought, oh, I've got something here I should write it up so more people can have access to it. I'm I'm really glad you did because I got to read it you know kind of in the process of Mm -hmm. you creating it and um, and I I did one of the exercises I can't remember from which step Mm -hmm. and it really helped a lot it helped me see 
behind the scenes of what I was completely blind to in Mm -hmm. terms of my motivation or my perception of other people's motivation. Mm -hmm. It's very, very freeing. Mm -hmm. So in your book, you have six steps. Yes. Right. So the six steps, and and they're for freedom, right? These six steps are to free yourself from from the guilt. And I guess the first one is to identify it, right? Right. Right. So how how do we go about identifying the guilt? So the first step is um, just to, and the first step can sometimes just take you five seconds. Mm -hmm. Just say, what do I feel guilty about? Okay. And it can be anything from, um, I feel guilty for not feeding my dog to I feel guilty for neglecting my child during the years I was an alcoholic. <laughs> so it can be anything big or small. Do you ever have people sometimes when they ask themselves that question that they about 20 different things come in their mind? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, one, one example like that in the book, too. And in those examples, I ask people, okay, so... Um, can you make a blanket statement or an umbrella ah. that all of these um, situations can fit into? There was one lady who came in and she said, well, I feel guilty for eating imported produce and living in too big of a house and taking airplanes and all that. And I said, okay, so what is the overall, um, how could you summarize that uh-huh. as an overall statement? She said something like, I feel guilty for using too many resources. Right, right. Okay, so that's what we can do for those people whose brain easily, you know, calculates 20 or more reasons yes. to uh, to feel bad, yes, right? exactly. <laughs> okay, so once you've identified the guilt, and it's just simply asking the question, mm-hmm. and then they just come rushing, right? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, okay. So then the st- second step is name the shoulds. Yes. And what does that mean exactly? So um, we feel guilty because we're telling ourselves there are things we should do or shouldn't do or should have done or shouldn't have done. So you Hmm. just start making the list of all those. Wow. So you literally write them out? So write them out. Yes. In the book, there's um, a template that you can write them all out on, or you can just take a piece of paper and start writing them down. So if your um, situation of guilt was, I use too many resources, that's when you get to list your 23, 20, 23, <laughs> or however many things <laughs> right. there are. Um, I shouldn't uh, take airplanes. I shouldn't eat imported produce and all that. Wow. Okay. So that's the second step is kind of identifying what the guilt is or the shoulds regarding the guilt. The shoulds, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the place where you get to really look at what are your judgments. Mm-hmm. And do you think most of these shoulds are based on society's ideas of how we're supposed to behave or be in the world? Yeah, and we've absorbed that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of take it in, yeah. and then we don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And we make this blanket statement inside of our beings. Yeah. Okay, all right. So then step three is connect with the unmet needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you ask yourself the question, um, what qualities are lacking in my life as a result of what actually happened? Hmm. So in the, in the example of the woman who felt guilty about using too many resources. So what needs of mine are not met? Qualities and needs uh, are a very similar thing in nonviolent communication. Um, so when I asked her what needs are not met, um, hmm, I'm drawing a blank as actually <laughs> what she answered. Um, but it could be things like um, consideration for other people uh-huh. or a sense of integrity. Uh-huh. Right, right. Okay. Or, or like when someone's feeling guilty, like you said, because they're not spending time enough time with their child. Yes. Right? You know, getting down to those, what are the unmet needs for yeah. everyone or just for the individual? It can be for everyone in a situation. It can be 
for um, a parent not spending enough time with their child, a need for connection, uh. a need for nurturing, a need for love. So in identifying the needs, you actually are identifying what the person really wants. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to get it from the thing that they think they should be doing. Yes, that is also true. <laughs> yeah, which is that hard part, you know, that we we, we don't – probably when we have a need and we're, we're feeling guilty for not fulfilling it, uh, we have a hard time throwing out the need. You know, in other words, we have a hard time going, well, it can't be met with this other person, mm-hmm. whoever that person is. Because once you throw that out, then you really do have to then – find other people who can meet it for you or yourself. Mm-hmm. So that part must be challenging as well. Yeah, and, and usually what happens is people get it caught in one of two loops, and here's the first one, mm. is they get caught in um, the beating themselves up loop. Mm. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I need to do better. I need to exercise more, but then I'm not doing it, so now I feel bad, and now I'm undisciplined, I'm judging myself more. And the alternative to that is this step three, the morning step. Okay, well, what needs are not met? If I'm not exercising, my need for health maybe is not met, my need for... Um, self-expression is not met, my need for movement, my need to connect with nature. Mm-hmm. And that brings it to a whole different level than um, I'm a bad person or mm-hmm. I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Where you could perhaps be more creative. Exactly. Like go for a walk in the park and yeah. meet a couple needs Yeah, and not feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I have to pump iron for three hours or something. There's <laughs> right. lots of ways to meet every need. Oh, I love that. That's very freeing in itself. There are lots of ways to meet every need. I love that. Which takes us back, or takes us to step four, experience the feelings of the unmet needs. Yes. So the magic of this step is that rather than... Um, beating myself up with the guilt about the judgments, I connect with my needs. And, oh, hmm, when I don't have the creativity that I want, oh, when I don't have the connection with nature that I want, how do I feel? Oh, hmm, I feel kind of sad maybe. Mm -hmm. Or I feel a sense of longing. Hmm. So in number four, you're going beyond the guilt. Mm. You're, you're going more towards the, the real feelings that you have. I like how you say real feelings because there are lots of feelings under guilt. Um, but guilt, for some reason, just attracts our attention so much mm-hmm. that we fail to notice that we're either lonely or sad um, under that as well. Right. And so or they're worried. Or worried. People worry a lot. Yeah. And so then when you start to feel those needs... What happens then? Then you're able to get down to the real real thing that needs to be met? Yeah. At, at that point, then um, some of the attention is taken off of the guilt. And then um, you're with, you're sort of playing emotional catch up. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Um, it might have been I felt worried and sad and lonely before, but I didn't pay attention to those because I was concentrating on the guilt. And then when I get to those, I can relax with those. I'm like catching up like, oh, yeah, I did feel those actually all along. I have a chance to experience them now. And you feel them for a little bit, and then they just settle down. And mm. then you're ready for the next step. Okay, that's wonderful about getting to those real feelings and experiencing them. Mm-hmm. So how hard is that for most people, do you think? Do the, most people feel surprised by those feelings um you know and in your practice Mm -hmm. how has that what is the the general experience that you notice when people get to to step four yeah the general experience is that it's pretty easy Mm. um because there's um there's a sweetness to a morning process Mm -hmm. 
um, as opposed to the the harshness of beating yourself up, mm. that people really relax into that sweetness and relax into that longing. Like, yes, I love those things. I love connection and I love creativity. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Okay, that's really great. And then step five is connect with the positive motivations. Yes. So, um, as I said, fundamental principle of NVC is that all actions are motivated by needs. Mm -hmm. So you made the choice that you did because you were trying to meet a need. And this is the step where I usually find the most liberation, although some people don't find it until step six, and that's fine, too. (laughs) That's why there are six steps, so there's (laughs) something there for everyone. But in um, step five, uh, I look at what was the positive motivation behind what I did. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you're looking for the motivations that were pure and that were had some very good reasons behind them. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm so I'm, I'm turning the page here for page for step six. Yeah. Yeah. So check in. So when you're checking in, mm-hmm. then you're making the request. Yes. Huh. So then the last step is to just check in um, with okay. Now when I think about having done whatever happened, how do I feel right now? And some people feel totally liberated by this point, and that's fine. And some people feel sad at this point, and that's fine. And some people still feel guilty at this point. Really? And that's fine, too, (laughs) because it's not over till it's over. And then um, if they were feeling somehow content, then they're going to express a met need. I feel content because my need for clarity is met, and I actually see that I was in alignment with my integrity. Ah. Or there'll be something like, I feel really sad because I still don't have the connection that I'd like. And then they make a request to themselves. And what I'd like to do about that is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ask my son if he'll have a conversation with me about my drinking when he was a teenager. Perfect. Because then you can resolve if that was something that someone's feeling guilty about, right? Mm -hmm. They can resolve that, put it to rest, because, you know, when we change and we become well, our family members are generally very happy about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so then, you know, they're just thrilled that the family's back together or doing really yeah. well. And, and it's always nice to hear that. Yeah. But maybe we're afraid to ask the question. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So when people stay in guilt, and I'm sure that there are multiple layers of guilt, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of the things I remember from reading your book is that if you get to stage six or any of the steps, actually, mm-hmm. and you don't feel a resolution, you, can, you, you actually you know, uh, go ahead and flag people to move to a particular step in the process. Yes. Right? So then at the end of step six, if you've come up with your request, like, I'm going to ask my son if he'll have a conversation with me, um, check in, see if you, if you still feel any guilt. Probably you won't, but if you do, just go back to step two, um, use another one of those should statements, and do the process one more time. I love it. And it works really quickly. I I was amazed Mm -hmm. by this. It works very fast. It's not like you have to spend two weeks Mm -mm. resolving. You could spend an hour or less. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I just think that's amazing. Because I agree with you. Guilt is something that really cages people Mm -hmm. in their pain. Yes. Right. It cages them. And we all want to live a life full of self-expression and mm-hmm. truly enjoy ourselves, which you're, you're a very interesting person because you also um, you're very creative. You're mm. a musician as well. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And you used to teach music. I was a music teacher um, for 20 years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you're a musician and uh, and you love all kinds of creative activities mm-hmm. as well. And, mm-hmm. and now you get to help people with their life situations and help them to live a free and wonderful life. Um, 
life. Yeah. So we, we would love people, if they want to, to call into the show. Um, Eric's going to hand out those, um, or speak, hand out. I always, you know, even though we're on radio, my brain is very visual. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't move in, in that auditory realm in my mind. Um, so yeah, so Eric's going to hand out the phone numbers <laughs> so that if you want to call in, you have a guilt situation can be old brand new could be centuries old (laughs) which most of them are most likely and just modeled slightly different in the 22nd century um so what are those numbers eric well you can call us toll free at 877-825-8828 that's 877-825-8828 or if you're in the seattle or bellevue areas we'd love to hear from you on 425 Three seven three five five two seven. That's four two five three seven three five five two seven. Wonderful. Well, we uh, met actually. Um I can't remember which hospital that we met in. Um, UW Medical Center. UW Medical Center, yeah. So you had recently given birth to a beautiful baby girl. (laughs) A beautiful and tiny baby girl. And tiny baby girl. (laughs) Yeah, and and so I actually came in to... uh, to give some energy work mm-hmm. to your beautiful baby who was perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> and still is. And that's how we originally met. And that was just such a lovely experience for me because, of course, being the mother of a preemie, I had a lot of fear mm-hmm. uh, about what's going to happen. And um, when you came in and uh, read her energy and gave her healing, I felt so reassured. It was Yeah, she was doing great in there. The only thing she didn't like was the noise. She was the (laughs) healthiest child in the neonatal area of the hospital. She Uh was just perfect. Yeah, she was beautiful. So I actually had forgotten about that until Mm -hmm. you mentioned it today, that that's how we originally met. So we're going to... we're going to go ahead here and take a little break on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. And go ahead and give us a call and we can answer your questions. Let me turn on my mic and give those hand out those numbers <laughs> okay. again, if you will. Uh, you can call us at 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. Or uh, locally at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. Wonderful. So we have Holly Eckhart in the house, and she would love to answer your questions, help you remove guilt. So give us a call. We'll be right back. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. The Gary Mance Show, it's the home of mastery and mystery. Catherine Richardson had a near-death experience that led her to make transformative changes in her life. We'll meet her at 7 p.m., and we encourage those who have had near-death experiences to call in and tell their story. And at 8 o'clock, Ron Alexander has practical ways for finding purpose and meaning in an uncertain world. He'll show us the way to open our minds to a deep reservoir of creativity. The Gary Mann Show, Mastery and Mystery, Sunday at 7 Pacific. 
like most people, you may be confused with all the conflicting information you hear about your health. So tune in Monday through Friday to the all-new Healthy You Radio Network. An hour a day, we'll keep the doctor away. Listen to radio that empowers you to heal you. Healthy You Radio with Keisha Yours, ARNP, and friends. Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Healthy You Radio Network. Bringing you the world's most innovative thinkers in the field of health and wellness. Speak for the Trees, the exhibition, opens April 1st at Friesen Gallery, Seattle, in tandem with the book launch of the same title. Trees, as one of the Earth's most elemental and universal symbols, have been inspiring artists from the beginning. More than 50 of the contemporary artists included in Speak for the Trees, the book, offer their artistic interpretations of their relationship with trees. This international collection of works ranges from paintings to sculptures, photography, glass, conceptual art, and textiles. Artists featured in the exhibition include David Hockney, Yoko Ono, Mark Ryden, Robert Longo, Christopher Brown, Julie Heffernan, and the Starn Brothers. Speak for the Trees will be on view April 1st through May 29th at Friesen Gallery, Seattle. For more information, visit FriesenGallery.com. Like what you hear? Be sure and support the sponsors who support your favorite programs on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to Marie Manu Cherry Show. I'm Marie. We're live here in Seattle with Holly Eckhart. She's the author of Graduating from Guilt. It's a fabulous book that takes you through six six steps, excuse me, to resolve anything that's creating guilt in your life and help you to reclaim your life, which is fascinating. I've actually tried it on a couple topics. And I was very surprised with the results so quickly. Mm. Uh, yeah, wow, just so quickly. So that means you could have years and years of feeling guilty. You read the book, do the exercises, and boom, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> so tomorrow night, I'm going to be at the East West Bookshop um, teaching a class. It's called What Are Your Chakras Telling You? And uh, so my favorite actually venue in Seattle is, is East West Bookshop. And it's between 7.30 and 9.30. And if you want to register for that class, you want to give them a call. So they're making all the arrangements and selling tickets. You cannot do that through my website. Their phone number is 206-523-3726. And coming up in June, Dr. Sheila Mayer and I will be teaching the last Healing Within series class on hormones. And that's on June 5th. So we'll be talking about adrenal glands, of course, and the prostate glands and the pancreas and, of course, um, female ovary and functioning hormonals activity. And we'll be talking about joy because that's what the second chakra is all about is joy. And then on um, April May 6th, I'm a little confused today, on May 6th, we'll have Ansley McLeod in the house. He wrote his second book called Transformation. He's the author of the instructions. So he'll be answering your calls. And then on May 20th, we'll have Lisa Oz. Yes, that's Dr. Oz's wife. She just finished writing a book, her fifth book called Us, and it's all about relating. So she will be calling in and we'll be interviewing her as well. So that's very exciting. So when we're talking about graduating from guilt, you said there was another loop. Right. The first uh, loop that people get stuck in is the um, beating themselves up loop. And the second loop that people sometimes get stuck in is the justification. Mm -hmm. So that's a way um, when the feeling the guilt is too unpleasant. Right. Which it is. Right. <laughs> then people say, well, I had to I had to do that. I didn't have any choice about it. It was the only thing that would have been possible. And while that may be true, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if 
it is coming from an energy of trying to cover up the guilt, <laughs> then you're just not going to get anywhere with that line of thinking. You're going to be stuck with it. You're going to be you're... stuck with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what step five of the process addresses. So instead of saying, I had to do it, you say, okay, I chose to do it because I was oh. trying to meet these needs. Okay. So you take it out of the had to and you make it what it really is, is a choice. Absolutely. So then how do you feel good about your choice? Because, you know, in my mind, when I'm making decisions about what's great in my life, Sometimes that excludes other people, right, Mm -hmm. for me to move forward and do what's in my best interest. Sometimes I have to walk away from relationships. Mm -hmm. And and I know it intellectually that it's the best decision that I can make for me at the time. Mm -hmm. But I still find my mind... You know, trying to do that should thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I should be a better friend or I should be a better so and so. Yeah. So how do you remedy that? Go through I, all the steps I, like I, until you figure it all out again. I, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, there's there's not really a shortcut uh-huh. um, in going through the steps. Um, then you'll bring yourself up to date with any feelings of sadness or loss that you have around it, mm-hmm. um, and. Get yourself into your positive intention. My positive intention is for integrity mm-hmm. and authenticity about who I am now. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, mm. right. So you, you're always backtracking back to your authenticity, mm. your authenticity in terms of yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you can look at that and go, okay, well, this is my authentic self, mm-hmm. then that takes you off the burner again, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. that's what it really feels like, mm-hmm. right? That you're being burned a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So I remember in the book, there was a story about a woman and a dog. Yeah. (laughs) And I really related to that one because, you know, whether you have a pet or children, we always feel responsible for people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I can't remember exactly what her main issue is. I'm I'm sure you remember since you wrote the the beautiful story. So um, the issue with this lady who uh, is called Jenny in the book was she felt guilty for coming to the graduating from guilt class. (laughs) (laughs) And we said, perfect. Let's start there. (laughs) And um, so that was step one. Uh, then for step two, uh, what were her should statements? There, they were things like, "Oh, I should be a more responsible pet owner" and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then for step three, she looked at, "Okay, well, what? Uh, why? W- what is generating?" these should statements, what is generating these judgments I'm having against myself? Mm-hmm. And you'll always find is that it's your unmet needs. Mm-hmm. So it was her unmet need to be responsible. It was her unmet need for connection, for integrity, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so she just sat with those for a minute and and, and got in touch with a little more sadness. Mm-hmm. And then... I loved it when she got to step five because I asked her, okay, so why did you come here? What needs were you trying to meet by coming to the class? And she said, um, well, I wanted to have more connection with my family. Ah. And so that was a big um, aha moment that one of the unmet needs was for connection, to be connected with her dog. But she was also trying to get connection. So the thing that she was longing for was actually the thing she was already moving toward. Oh, wow. Wow. And um, then by the end of the process, she made a request of herself. If she was going to be gone in the evening, she's going to ask her neighbor to feed her dog, which seems like really obvious, right? right? And right. If, if we would have um, just told her that at the beginning, <laughs> she, no, don't worry about it. Just have your neighbor feed your dog. Um, 
she could have done that, but it would have been from a different energy. Right. And going through the process, she was able to do it from a real energy of clarity and of love, of connection. It's like, wow, I love my dog. I'm going to ask my neighbor to feed it rather than, ah, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, I don't know if I should go. And right. just like this whole uh, frantic energy around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a really great story because I think so many people can relate to that on so many different levels. You know, one of the areas energetically where uh, men repress guilt is in the lower pelvic cavity. And I've seen over and over again in my practice that it tends to negatively affect the prostate gland. Mm-hmm. And so an exercise, of course, I'll be referring them to your book in the future, but I've always had men um, place their hands on their abdomen and just repeat, I've always done the very best I could in my life, you know, with what I knew at the the time, which is what we're all doing, Mm -hmm. right? And it's amazed me how many people were able to reduce their PSA numbers, you know, not have intervention like the surgeries or whatnot, just Mm -hmm. from releasing guilt. And so that's just one area of the body that we know of, at least from it's, you know, some perception about what guilt's doing to the body. And there's just, you know, our anatomy is, is quite huge, right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole philosophy of how our body moves is, is gigantic. So these trapped, unfelt, repressed issues of guilt, which mm-hmm. force us to move in, in directions that are uncomfortable, are just really hard on the entire body. Mm-hmm. So have you noticed um, health issues resolving with some of your clients once they start to release their guilt? Um. More so than health issues, I would mm. say um, creative blocks. Oh, I love that. So they feel more inspired. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And they're able to um, be their best selves. They're able to be their fullest selves. Their, their worlds just get bigger. Wow, that's amazing. Because when you are aligned with judgment, mm-hmm. whether it's judging other people or judging yourself, your world just gets smaller mm-hmm. and your world becomes uncolorful. It is black or white. That's mm-hmm. what judges, that's what judgment is. And when you release that judgment, your world has more colors, it has more textures. You notice that your own spirit has more colors and more textures, and you want to share that with the world. Oh, well, that, that in itself is so important for someone to work on their feelings of guilt mm-hmm. so that they can release all of that. Oh, that's amazing. And, and be creative and, of course, then um, hopefully begin to find ways to express themselves differently within the world. Exactly. Another um, main benefit of the process is that people find a different sense of integrity. Um, In okay, I'm choosing differently because I am more aware. Hmm. So in your bio, it says that you love energy medicine. Of course, I know you do. Yes. So how did it help you in, in, how does energy medicine help you in your work? Hmm. Um. When I'm working with clients one-on-one, uh-huh. well, Marie, I'm sure you know, and a lot of people know that what people say is a very small part of their communication. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And that by um, tuning into, and this is something everyone can do, to tune into other people mm-hmm. and seeing what's going on for them mm-hmm. um, is a great way to have more authentic relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting a feeling like something's going on for someone to have the courage to ask, I do this in my practice and I encourage people to do this in all their, Mm -hmm. maybe not all their relationships, but the ones where they want a certain level of intimacy and closeness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, being attuned to to another person's energy is a great way to start that dialogue. Right. 
you know, if, if I if you were my partner and I said, hey, it looks like you're a little worried about something. What's going on? Right. Right. Um, and reading those cues as well as listening to what the person is saying. Right. Right. So in your practice, that's what you're picking up on as, as they're speaking. You're also watching their energy to see if what they're speaking is in alignment with, with what's going on with them or if there's something that gets to fly out at you um, to alert you to something else that's going on, right? Yeah. And for people to be able to read their own energy Mm. is such a valuable skill. And I learned so much from you about that, Marie. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And um, how can anyone be authentic in the world if they're not connected with themselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I always find so interesting, too, is you don't even have to necessarily do anything about it, Mm -hmm. but just knowing what you're really feeling, what's really going on inside your body is it's just so freeing in itself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there I go again. Or there goes that feeling or that thought again. And it isn't something you necessarily have to take care of at every moment, mm-hmm. but just be conscious of it. Yeah. And then I think as you become more conscious of it, then you actually, when, the t- when it happens again, then you're more able to make a different choice if you possibly can, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and putting a little bit of a, a nonviolent communication filter on that. So you connect with your feeling, which I, I put my uh, hand up on my heart area for uh-huh. that. And through that feeling, I let that feeling be a signal to me about what needs, and then I put my um, hands down on my uh, abdomen, mm. what needs are being met or not. Mm-hmm. And so then if I realize I'm feeling lonely and I have a need for connection, it's not like, you know, I have to immediately get on the phone and, and call somebody and say, I need connection. You, you Meet me at Starbucks in five minutes. <laughs> um, it's not that. It's being with my self-awareness and realizing, oh, you know, I could just use a lot more connection in my life in general. And keeping that as an awareness and moving out into the world open uh-huh. to connection. Mm-hmm. Rather than desperately trying to grab at it and forcing people into it, just open to it mm-hmm. and allow it to come to you. Right, because it can come in multiple ways, yes. right? Today, before um, I came to the show, I was at a coffee shop and reading over notes um, for today and other work. This darling little kid, maybe two, is just playing all over the store, you know, c- coming close to my chair. I mean, you can just have a connection with a complete stranger and just feel fulfilled by that interaction. Mm-hmm. And, and children are so beautiful and pure. So meeting all of our needs in whatever ways that are really healthy for us that have integrity. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in your um, identification of when we're acting outside of integrity, so is there a specific way that you help individuals assess that? Hmm. So um, one thing I ask people to do is to temporarily suspend their strategy. Hmm. So if... Um, we notice that they're in a pattern of doing something that ultimately doesn't lead them to fulfillment. We say, okay, it's not that you can never do that again. Just put that on hold. Just put it aside for a little bit. And let's connect with what's under that. Okay, so what are you? What quality are you trying to get by doing that? Are you trying to get um, connection? Are you trying to get respect? Are you trying to get rest, maybe, uh-huh. or love, uh-huh. and connect with the the deeper meaning of the action, which will then allow um, that need to be met in many different ways? I think that's a really great exercise mm-hmm. to put your strategies aside, because mm-hmm. a lot of us are strategizing all the time. Yes. <laughs> People plan like crazy these days. <laughs> they do. They're even planning how they're going to feel good, mm-hmm. right, rather than letting it be a spontaneous experience. Yeah. 
So what about someone, let's say, we'll use an example. Maybe there's one similar to this in the book, um, a person who has a job that they don't like anymore but feel this. Because that's something I always think in my work that I'm helping people to not do jobs that they don't like anymore. Yeah. Right? So how do you help someone who's working a job, they have a family, they're providing financial comfort for their family, but they don't like their job and they, they feel guilty. They feel guilty because they don't like their job and they wish they could quit. But they can't, or they don't believe they can. Right. And it's they, the perception. Yes. Right. Yes. Good. So, hey, do you want to play a little game? You could play that person, and okay. I could take you through the process. Okay, that sounds great. Okay. So, um, what do you feel guilty for? Oh, because I want to make sure I can, um, you know, my kids can take dance classes and uh, have enough food in the house. And if I go do my dreams, I'm not going to be able to do that. Okay. So, um, you feel guilty about perhaps not being able to provide for your family? Yes. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So the second step is the should statements. What mm-hmm. are you telling yourself you should do or shouldn't do? Right, that I should provide. I should provide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Anything else? <sighs> Maybe something like um, I shouldn't be so self-centered. Ah, right. So I, and I'm kind of going out of our role playing right now. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, a lot of people have a hard time thinking of themselves is what you're noticing in the whole guilt process. Yep. There's a chapter in the book about a gentleman who came in who was feeling guilty for having needs. Really? Absolutely. That's really common. Uh Uh-huh. And so, because we all have needs and we're going to have them forever. That's right. (laughs) And so if a person has a need to have a fulfilling career, which we all deserve, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you obviously, I think you've been fortunate, Holly, being a music teacher for 20 years because you love music, Mm -hmm. right? And then now you have created this new career for yourself that you also love. And so that's not something that you have had to work at. You know what it feels like to do something you love. Yes. And so you turn away from those things that you're going to do as a profession that don't bring that feeling. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't know that feeling. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand, you know, they're stuck in the providing piece. Yes. I have to be the provider. Right. So, so since we all have needs, we'll have them forever and ever and ever. And we feel guilty for wanting, or we think we're being selfish. How would we then help a person not feel less selfish? Mm hmm. Or I always tell them to feel spiritually selfish, but you, you, know, you get the gist of what I'm asking. Yeah. So to, get, uh, to help a person mm-hmm. feel less selfish mm-hmm. um, about themselves, we could ask the third step. We could ask them, okay, so um, what, what, needs are you, what needs are you not meeting? Mm. And I'm getting a little bit in a trip in my mind mm. uh, because I'm, I'm thinking about the person, well, did he, did she quit her job or <laughs> did she not? Yeah, they <laughs> so, didn't. They yeah. didn't. I know right. so many people, I have so many clients who are working in jobs that they don't like mm-hmm. and they're not happy mm-hmm. and they are afraid to leave. Okay, know? I've got the question for you. Oh, okay, great. So here's the question. There are two questions. Okay. The first is, um, what needs are keeping you there? Mm-hmm. So that's a great question to ask those people. Yep. And okay, what do you we'll think? say money. Money. Okay. And uh, in NVC, we don't even consider money a need because oh, it has I to be a quality. That. It has to be a quality. A need is only a quality, never a thing. Wow. So do you have a lot of people freak out about that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So in nonviolent communication, the process, money is not considered a need. That's right. So then if you ever have something and, and you think, well, maybe it's not really a need, just ask you what quality does it give you? So what qualities does money give you? Uh, lots of meals out. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what it does for so me. So meals out are, yeah. is a thing again. It's a so thing. So what right. quality do you get from eating meals out? Uh, I feel nurtured. Nurturing. Yeah, right. There right, you go. Right. So one of the needs that money provides is nurturing. Right. But that's the true need is the nurturing, not the money. That's oh, right. I, I'm really loving this whole process. Yeah. And I love the whole idea that money is not a need because mm-hmm. that's just going to freak out so many people. Yeah. <laughs> and and you'll just see that it's true because there are many people living in the world oh, who don't have money. Right. And, and they're fine. Yeah. Right. They're happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So so th- that means from now on, when someone says money is a need, mm-hmm. we they no longer get to use that. Yes. They can say money gives me nurturing. Right. Money gives me security. Mm. Money gives me fun. Say they, you know, I want to take a trip to Paris. Mm-hmm. Money gives me adventure. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like to wear beautiful clothes. Money gives me beauty. Wow. And so then when they identify the real need, mm-hmm. then you help them, I'm assuming, to find more ways to fulfill that need. I usually don't have to help them too much really? because once they get to the need, their own creativity kicks in. Oh, that's a, so they just start coming up with ideas where they could be nurtured. Yeah. Yes. Or um, feel that feel beautiful or whatever the the need potentially is. That's right. Right. Okay. And so rather than okay, I've got to get money because um, I've got to go out to eat or because I've got to get a massage, they get that need for nurturing and maybe they think, oh well, maybe I could trade a foot massage with my best friend or take a bubble oh. bath with some incense. Uh-huh. And uh, there are lots of ways. To to meet all those needs. And so when, again, we're talking about someone who doesn't, who won't quit their job, who yeah. hates it, which isn't good for them, mm-hmm. right, to do things that they hate. Mm-hmm. And now they've identified an, the real need. Yeah. So then how do we get them to quit their job? Because, you know, that's what I'm always doing at work. <laughs> I'm trying to get people to quit their jobs all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So you think the creativity you know, once you, you've identified the real need and then they get creative, you said it happens almost instantly, uh-huh. right? Then is that what frees them up to make more authentic choices for them? Well, they could um, talk about this question. They could ask themselves this question. What needs would I be able to meet better oh. in another job? Oh, I love that. Oh. So, and, and then... It, becomes about trying to meet all my needs rather than only one group of needs. Maybe I need a job that has more self-expression, more appreciation. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm in a very high, high, uh, fast-paced, high-stress environment. I need a job that has more spaciousness. Wow. Okay, so that, and that's more of that creative process, yeah. right? Which then opens up the energy around them mm-hmm. and then opens up the energy around other employers mm-hmm. that would be looking for someone like that. Yes. Oh, okay. And that's then, easy. you know, that person can go to a networking event and say, okay, well, what type of people am I drawn to? Because once you're aligned with your own energy, it's pretty easy to find other people who um, align naturally with that too. Oh, wow. Oh, that's really great. That's, and, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of success because once someone's creativity opens up, then, you know, the sky's kind of the limit, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Your world is big. Your world is big, right? And when you're holding on to guilt, you're shrinking your world, you're contracting your auric field, and you've certainly reduced creativity, mm-hmm. right? And you just put blocks in all sorts of your relationships, too, because um, one of the main reasons that people don't reach out to each other is um, because they feel guilty. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, like, oh, I feel guilty because I said something to her. I did something to him. I should have been a better friend when he was sick or whatever. And so then they, they're carrying that guilt rather than um, expressing their true longing for connection with the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we see that a lot when a friend or a family member gets really ill mm-hmm. and people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to do nothing. Mm-hmm. They hold back and then they feel guilty. Yeah. And what they really want is to be able to be there for that person. Right. Yeah. They want to help. They do. They just maybe don't know how. Exactly. Right. So it, it looks like, I mean, not looks like it's obvious that, you know, going through these steps can really solve any problem that, that you have going on. You don't have to approach it from thinking, oh, I have guilt. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm teaching uh, my intensive class uh, right now. It's a 30 day intensive class. And we the assignment for last night was the guilt. And and one of the people in the class said, well, I'm not aware that I really have that much guilt. I said, OK, well, look for areas of defensiveness. Ah. Look for areas of justification. Look for areas in your life where you feel a certain dread. Um. Or uh, rejection. Rejection. That was the word that popped in my head, too. Yep. So let's say those areas again. So rejection, mm -hmm. dread, Mm -hmm. justification. Mm -hmm. What was the first one? I'm sorry. I missed it. I can't remember either. Defensiveness? Defensiveness. Okay. That's it. Um, And just take that through the the same six steps. Okay. Right. And you'll find yourself in a very different place. I think that's very powerful. I, I really do. I think that to to look at guilt, well, guilt is it's it like like what you said, it creates a block in our body, mm-hmm. and then those other feelings are actually a reflection of that block. Mm-hmm. So I know you're a very visual person, and you're actually very auditory as well. So when you look at the word guilt, or when you assess it in some someone's body what does it look like to you or is there a feeling that you have about it yeah sure to me it looks like um a dark cloud Mm. with teeth with teeth (laughs) so you know it's like the worst of both worlds it it both has like the dulling quality Uh of the dark cloud and it also has the uh like stabbing quality of the teeth wow it's pretty unpleasant no matter no wonder people you know try and avoid it they try and avoid their guilt by their justifications or just avoiding the whole situation. And if we can just get to what's under that guilt, what's under the guilt is so beautiful. It is. I agree. And so then when they do that, then the dark cloud disappears and the teeth disappear and you're not feeling stabbed or bitten or whatever, right? Exactly. <laughs> you feel much softer. Uh-huh. And um, in your softer book- and stronger. Softer oh. softer not like weak, uh-huh. but soft as in gentle and kind. Huh. With a core of strength. Huh, lovely, lovely. So in your book, you also talk a lot about relationships mm-hmm. and that when you release this dark blob with teeth, <laughs> remember, I'm very visual, um, that relationships actually improve. Yes. Right? So do you have any good stories about that or an example that you could share with us? Hmm. It seems like uh, this happened just the other day uh, with my husband. Ah, um, I can't remember. Oh, I remember. Oh, my dear. My <laughs> now you d- probably wish you weren't on the air at this moment. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Okay. My husband had food poisoning. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so he was really suffering for a day or two. Uh-huh. And Sweet man, by the way. Just yes, a lovely man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
And then he started asking me certain questions about what I had been eating and what he had been eating. And I was sort of answering his questions, but I wasn't giving the whole truth. I was not giving the whole truth because I was feeling guilty. (laughs) Because actually what happened was that I took something to work uh, with me to eat for lunch. Uh And um, I blew a fuse, so there was no refrigerator, so this dish remained out. not refrigerated the whole day. Then I went back home and put it in the refrigerator and he (laughs) ate it. (laughs) So. (laughs) So you weren't, you weren't confessing to. uh, I was not confessing. (laughs) Yes. So he's asking me, well, what was the ingredients? What were the ingredients in that curry? And, and I was answering his questions, but not telling the whole truth. So then I was just uh, sitting there and I just took myself through the six steps. and, And by now, you know, I can take myself through them in about five minutes. And I came to the last step. and Which is that last step, number it, six. Yeah, the last step is to, to end with a request. Ah. Because I, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I was actually still feeling a little guilty by the end, and I have a need for a connection. Mm-hmm. I want to connect with my husband, and I have a need for honesty, too. Mm. So my request was to tell him what happened and then reach out to him. Uh-huh. And so I said, uh, here's another part of what happened. And I told him <laughs> about the blown fuse and everything. And then I said, do you hate me? (laughs) (laughs) And he was very sweet about it. And he said, no, it could have happened to anyone. Absolutely. And, you know, not even thinking, just putting the the item back in the fridge. You know, just automatic movement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then you got the connection. Absolutely. And I was able to connect with myself and mm. and um, through that, then able to reach out to him. And then the whole thing was over. It was just over. And mm. I wasn't worried about him being mad at me. Um, and I got to see the, the good intentions behind what I was trying to do. Right. And not feel guilty about it. Yeah. Right. So then then we felt close again. Wonderful. Although he may not be eating any curry anytime well. <laughs> soon. <laughs> I got the fuse fixed, so I think we'll be all right. <laughs> That's adorable. That's a really great story. So what you know, we're we're getting close to the end of the hour here. So what has been the fun for you in you know writing a book? That's a huge accomplishment. So mm. what's been the fun about you know writing a book, having one available, teaching your classes? What has that all meant to you? What it's all meant to me is just. It's about expanding love in the world. Mm. And when my clients come in, gosh darn it, I just love them so much. (laughs) And they've got all their things going on. And um, I try and see beyond that and hear beyond that, beyond their problems to what their essence is. And I invite them into a place of really appreciating their own beauty, too. Oh, that's just gorgeous. That's gorgeous. So how can people find you? Ah, hollyeckert.com. Wonderful. And then do you have a, a phone number for your office for our, for our folks, too? Sure thing. 206-706-0483. Wonderful. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the air for the last hour. And obviously, everybody was very much listening to the subject, maybe not wanting to share so much their guilt, but certainly listening. And again, if you're interested in following those six steps, um, graduating from guilt, six steps to overcoming guilt and reclaiming your life, um, which sounds like reclaiming your creativity. And then you can find this book just about anywhere, I'm sure. 
Thank yeah, you very much. thank you so much. So tomorrow night, I will be, I've already told you this, but East West Bookshop, I'm so looking forward to, I'm going to be reading energy as I always do and I'm telling you what your chakras do. And remember, chakras help you open up and transform in your life. So I'm looking forward to that and I will see you tomorrow night. And thank you everyone for listening. We wish you a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. And until next week, joyful blessings. <laughs>